Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. On today's show, we're going to cover a lot of things, including the Scott Fishbowl. Maybe uh, maybe some tight end hot takes, but I'll tell you who's always coming in hot. That is my co-host. He is the man of the hour and the man with the power, Jerry Sinclair. Man, how you been? Bookcase is back on YouTube? Yeah, the, uh, the bookcase is back. This is the first setup from the office. Uh, it is not fully set up, but, you know, we finally getting grooving. We're getting settled. It's going good. How are you, my friend? You know, you know uh, I was talking to a former co-host of the show a long time ago, uh, Mr. John Sheps, and I thought, you know, man, I thought at some point life would slow down. It doesn't. But you know what? I don't ever really want it to slow down. I, I think that's when you get old. And I think doing the podcast with you and talking to all these uh, dynasty peoples is uh, what, what keeps me alive and keeps me going, talking dynasty fantasy football. We're going to do that tonight. We're going to do our dynasty tight end hot takes. But we're also, I think we're obliged, required, 
Uh, I don't think you can be in the Scott Fishbowl. It's like the opposite of Fight Club. J- Jerry, what's the first rule of Fight Club? You don't talk about Fight Club. And what's the second rule of Fight Club? Same thing. You do not talk about Fight Club. Which is the complete inverse of Scott Fishbowl. Jerry, what's the first Back. rule of the Scott Fishbowl? Tell everybody about it. What is the second rule of the Scott Fishbowl? Make sure you talk about your team when you're talking about it. Make sure you tweet about it, you talk about it, you podcast about it, you YouTube about it. If you're on TikTok, because we're not, because fuck TikTok, you TikTok about it, you talk about the Scott Fish Bowl. We're going to do that. I mean, how far are you into your draft? Oh, let's see. Probably about 13, uh, 14th round, looks like. Uh, I, yep, I made my 14th round pick. So we're getting there. Uh, we, we are in uh, one pick away from lucky number 13. Okay. So we are more well, than a week. This has been creeping a little bit. You know, here's the thing, and I don't know when I got bitten by this, but you've been in many a draft with me. Yeah, and I've, I've always been a hurry up, let's go, uh, we just get a move on. Let, let, I don't even care. I turned uh, now. I'm now. If you did a live Scott Fishbowl draft, you were on MFL. I'm assuming you were on Sleeper. Yeah. If you're doing a regular slow draft online you're on mfl i do i just turn my mfl notification emails on i get one when i'm on the clock but because it is going so slow i check maybe once or twice a day and i use my standard drop drafting philosophy of if i'm like three picks out because we're not trading in this league if i'm three picks out so there's two picks in front of me plus me i literally go in i pick my next three guys on my board set my auto draft move on down the road. Do you have, we'll talk about the players we've drafted, some of our philosophy here in just a minute, but is there uh, any kind of little little tidbits like that you can give the audience based on your Scott Fishbowl or uh, drafting uh, situations? So the first time I ever did Scott Fishbowl, we ended up finishing, we were the first draft finished. So I was like, okay, this is awesome because I'm the person that likes to draft really quick and just be done with it. But it didn't bother me this time. I don't know. Maybe I've just gotten old and crotchety, so I just don't mind, and I understand that people got shit going on, so I don't care about it. Like, we had somebody time out. I don't care. Do whatever you want. It's actually sort of nice because I can sort of see how the next couple of rounds are going to play. And I go, okay, you know, we'll see when Mike Gusecki falls, or we'll see when, you know, whoever falls. And, I, you know, I might have them queued up, and then I'll just be like, well, I'll wait an extra round. Um, All right. Well, I, well, it, it's Hold on. No, no, go ahead. As far as the queue is concerned, I have like a strict like four. Four is the most I'll go. Like I, 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 we were talking to the Australians and they, you know, they'll do, you know, 10 or 12 or something like a whole round because they don't want people to wait. Fuck you guys. Absolutely not. It, this, there is only one Scott Fishbowl. I'm going to get the team that I want. I don't want to, you know, have some shenanigans going down. I'm doing that. Usually four, maybe five. But other than that, I do try and cue when I see I'm coming up every single time, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into players we missed on, players we, we wanted to get and didn't based on the format. But, uh, Jerry, you know, it's been a little while to do our favorite segment. We always we always do it together. Jerry, you know what it's called. Oh, are we talking good people, bad tweets, my friend? My friend, we are, in fact, talking good people, bad tweets, and uh, this one comes from uh, one of the more notor- notoriety uh, people, notorious in the fantasy space. He's been around for a while. 
Uh, it's Mr. Jeff Ratcliffe, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. And he says, name a player you'll never draft again in fantasy football. Now, a good friend of the show, former guest on the show, Theo, at the OG Fantasy Football replied, don't hate the player, hate the ADP. Um, I've told my story before about years and years and years ago, David Carr, not to be confused with his brother, Derek Carr cost me about 1500 real dollars, but there's never anyone that, that I am not going to draft. Like I, I just, I, I guess I'm going to chalk this one up to engagement farming, Jerry. What did what, what'd you take away when I sent you that in the DMS? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's easy because somebody has pissed everybody off. Right. So it's easy to go. Whoever, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, because he got hurt and I didn't make the playoffs or, you know, whoever. So, I mean, it is it's easy to farm attention like that. And I get it, I guess. But it, like you said, there, there really shouldn't be any. I mean, let's let's talk about your your Baker Mayfield arc. Right. I mean, didn't you know, he's OK in your eyes as a prospect. Then he landed in Cleveland, went down a little bit. And then he got the hype where he was QB2 overall, and you absolutely hated that. And then all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson comes in. You know he's going to end up as a starter, so you try scooping him everywhere. And guess what happens? He ends up as a starter, and his value's going up. It's just stuff like that. You just you have to assess the situation, not just the player in general. And, and I know people have been burned, and, and I think – I think best ball has helped some of this. I'll never draft draft player X again. I think with the popularity of underdog, um, I remember back in the day it used to be MFL tens. You'd play all these ten dollar entry fee MFL uh, best balls, and you know the uh, underdog has really come in and, and dominated that market. Um, but good for them, you know that they they obviously advertise a ton. They do a bunch of promotional codes within the thing. I, I think that more than anything. But I think Jeff is trying to uh, appeal to more of the common, the not common, the, the redraft player. Yeah. The 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 lady or gent who once a year is just getting back into it. Just not starting even, to sniff not, it. Not not even. These are the people who will get into it like camp starts next week and will, you know, they'll 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 be, oh yeah, football's back. Because they'll start being on ESPN every day. You'll have Shefty and you'll have Rappaport hanging out, you know, at camp, and they'll be like, oh yeah. And they'll text a buddy, and we get in the league back together. I think that's who he's appealing to. But Theo's 100. Theo's the only person correct in this tweet. He's in the comment threads. Don't hate the player. Hate the ADP. Now, if you if he had said at cost, who are you not drafting? Because the only question, the only answer to his previous question is, who are you never drafting again in fantasy football? How about Darius Geis, motherfucker? How about Darius <laughs> Geis as a goddamn answer? Can, can we can we can we go with Darius Geis? Is, is is that true? Well, all right, Jerry. That is good people, bad tweets, and that is brought to you by the Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, and we're going to talk about Scott Fishbowl, our good friend Neil. So this has become, I think, it's the third patron startup in three years where we're doing a Dynasty startup. But we're doing it by Scott Fishbowl rules. So whatever the current rules of the Scott Fishbowl land are, we start a patron league, and that's what they're doing right now. They're in the middle of it. Uh, our newest patron, Peyton, is in there. He he's never played in the Scott Fishbowl. He he's really struggling uh, 
with with the speed of the draft. He's not used to drafting internationally. Again, these are all things you learn when you come over to patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. He's like, I've never played fantasy football with people on four continents. And, uh, you know, Jerry, I was going to save this for a different point of the show, but you know, I love my soundboard. So when Peyton said, I have never drafted with four, with people on four different continents, I just said this. Guess what, motherfucker? We have people on four. Actually, we have people on five continents on the Dynasty Warzone Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. We're starting leagues. It's a great group of ladies and gents. Um, Jerry's there. I'm there. All the hosts from the shows pop in and out. Uh, we do a lot of good stuff. So for as little as five bucks a month, I think it's a great value. Hop on in, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And uh, Jerry, let's talk fishbowl. Yeah. What uh, did you first have a strategy question. going in? Oh, oh, oh you got oh, you throwing me. Okay. See, go ahead. See, I, I made this mistake when I did the Scott Fishbowl pre draft party with uh, Mr. Brian Ford of the Dynasty Fever podcast who uh, co-hosts that with our own uh, Jesse from the Dynasty War Games, Uh, as well as, um, oh my goodness, he writes for somebody, I'm drawing a blank anyway, find at FFJunkie underscore and check my man out, Brian. I forgot to ask him, the theme this year is cities. So it could be a real city, it could be a fake city, now, here's a little uh, inside scoop for all the listeners. You can do real cities or fake cities or historical cities. Our friend Jesse, or Je- uh, Jerry, rather, is a huge nerd. Nerd alert. So go ahead, nerd. Tell us what city you got. Well, I, the city I tried to get, uh, but I was the only person in all of Scott Fishbowl to pick this city. And so Scott politely emailed me and said, hey, is there any way we can get you to switch? And I did. Uh, but I tried for Carthage, which historically was conquered by the Romans in the third century BC, known for Hannibal Barca, the, the great general who took elephants over the Alps and invaded uh, the Italian peninsula for 20 years. But I did not get it, which pissed me off. And then I was going to do Detroit once I had to switch off of it. Uh, but that was already full. So I adopted my new home and I am in the Des Moines, Iowa region. And so far they have been drafting. Well, it is fun. Um, we did a podcast with, uh, Eitan Mosia a couple years ago. He's in there. Um, there's one other guy that I can't remember off the top of my head, but you know, it's been a fun group. Nothing super crazy. Uh, you're not in Indy, are you? No, um, I actually, and, and obviously this being the first year with live drafts in Scott Fishbowl, I volunteered to host an, an indie draft. Um, if you had the 12, 30, 35 minute mark on the podcast where Memphis references youth baseball, congratulations, you've won. Um, <laughs> the, the training facility where my son does his indoor baseball training when it's, you know, raining or, you know, the winter time, they have a huge facility and I was willing to host one there. So, but I think Scott did 10 cities. Let's be honest, Indianapolis, not a major metropolitan. I mean, we got a football team, pro. We got, you know, basketball. So we're it's a decent-sized city, but uh, we did not. So I, I don't remember putting the second one, and uh, I wound up in Guadalajara, Mexico. Okay. Uh, I, I, 
I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> care. Um, I, you know, you mentioned some of the people that, that you're in there with. Um, I mean, I, I don't read Spanish. Uh, I barely speak a little. Um, but so far, been a good group. Everybody moves at a, at a pace. Not a fast pace. Not a, just a pace. And so far, so good. Now, I drafted out of the eight spot. What about you? Where did you draft? Three. The Which old is, three. I like, I like the ends. I like when I get the quick picks, it real, you know, back-to-back-ish. Those are always my favorite. I hate being in the middle. Never see, mind. See, I'm Never the exact opposite. I'm, I'm the exact – and the uh, the gentleman who won our uh, our giveaway, we gave away the spot, it was on YouTube. I did the Wheel of Names thing. Uh, he had the 101. And I'll talk about his team a little bit because he happens to be in my conference. Now, this gentleman's Hispanic, and he's like, did I get in Mexico City for a reason? I'm like, look, dude, I wound up in Guadalajara. I don't, I don't have any any doll. I don't pick these cities. It was it was more of a joke. But, yeah, he wound up with the 101. So we'll look at his team a little bit. We'll look at your – obviously, he's not here to defend himself, you know, to talk about his strategy. Um, what was your strategy? Because before – I'll give you a minute to think of it because from listening to other podcasts that have since come out since – because, like I said, we, if, if you do content, you're required to talk about it, which is great because it spreads money. It's for children. Um, toys for tots or whatever charity you want to donate to. That's the raddest part of Scott Fishbowl, in my opinion. You know, but the the in vogue friend of the show, Nick Whalen, friend of the show, Ray Garvin, several people went on a running back free uh, strategy, uh, zero RB. Some people have taken it to a, an absolute extreme. Now, Gerald, what did you do? What was your strategy going into this? So I'm going to have to talk about my previous strategies. So I have consumed so much shit when it comes to Scott Fishbowl over the years. And I think the past couple of years, once he started really tweaking the scoring formats and everything, I bought into the narratives of like, get yourself tight ends, running backs, wide receivers don't matter. And so I've sort of punted on wide receiver and I've sort of waited to be the last guy to get tight ends at other times. And it has either gone extremely well or absolutely horrible. So a couple of years ago, I made the conference finals. I was like three spots short of making it to the very last week in the Scott Fishbowl finals. And every other year, it's been absolutely atrocious. Last year, I was dead ass last in my division. I had Juju and I had Kelvin Ridley. And I punted wide receiver, so those were all the only guys I really had. So as you could imagine, that did not play well. So this year, I just went balanced. I'm just going to go with a balanced team at all of the positions, and I'm not going to read into anything. I'm not going to let anybody convince me of anything. I'm just going to take the players that I feel are the best at that spot, and I'm not going to change any strategy at all. And I think I did that pretty well. Did you have a strategy for what you were going to go for? Yeah, I did. Um, I had listened to, like I said, I had listened to uh, uh, several Scott Fishbowl shows leading up to and since the draft has began. And again, looking at, and also um, I listened to the recap from Roto Underworld with, you know, Matt Kelly, Cody Carpentier, um, some of those guys. And it feels like the really in vogue strategy is a lot of a lot of wide receivers everybody seems to be hammering wide receivers and when that becomes the case i find that 
when a strategy becomes in vogue, it creates pockets of opportunity at other positions. And for me, um, I was always going to double tap and bully up on QBs. It was always my philosophy. I had the eight. Um, I wanted this now. And for some reason, like seven QBs had went in front of me and like a JT was there. Okay. I, I could have made that pivot because that's why that's why I like being in the middle. I don't get ping-ponged in, in the middle of a run. If you're at the you're at the the 101, you get the third round reversal. Um, but then even then, let's say it's like the, you know, like the 501. And uh, you know, you may go a long time. Well, if you're at the 501 and you take a running back, okay. And then at the 505, someone takes a tight end. And then someone at the 506 takes a tight end. And then 507. And then you might get a running. And then all of a sudden, it creates this run on a position, a position that's pretty scarce, like tight end or premium quarterback. And when you're at, on the end of one of those bands, it makes it really hard. So it allowed me to react. So my strategy was I'm going to double tap two moderately safe QBs. I have not since added a, th a third QB. And uh, that was uh, that. That was my philosophy. So my, I'll just go ahead and start with my first two picks were Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people were calling Kirk Cousins a turn pick based on the scoring format of uh, the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins could really wow people. I think he was safe in a very safe offense, but in a slightly more opened up offense that we've seen a ton of quarterbacks uh the most elite like you know Aaron Rodgers has succeeded in this type of quarterback Matt Stafford as well as guys in the middle like Jimmy Garoppolo like Jared Goff like Matt Ryan I think Matt Ryan's kind of in the middle of all those guys to be quite honest but I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a very nice season and uh, I, I like my two picks so my plan was always to get two QBs that I really really liked uh, what do you think about my first two picks? And then uh, what were your your first couple of picks and your thoughts? Uh, I was I was hoping Kirk Cousins would fall to me in the second round. You know, being at the third pick, it was going to take a little bit. He was going to have to get to the back end. And with this scoring, I, I was I was helpful. Uh, but so I queued it up my first three as soon as I found out where I was going to be and what I was doing. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. And that's exactly how the draft went out. So I ended up with Patrick Mahomes. We swing it back all the way to the second. Kirk Cousins went 14th. So I was like, okay, I'll just see who's going to be there. So I didn't queue for my second pick. I, I waited that one out. And I got there and I was looking and I was like, you know what? The one time I almost made the finals, I picked Travis Kelsey six overall. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go tight end, which is something I normally would never, ever, ever do. Like we have talked on this podcast how I don't ever do that. I always take the late guys. I went Kyle Pitts. I don't really trust Drake London. So if he's going to be the best receiving option on the field for them, plus the bonus that tight ends get, I said, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll throw a wrench into it a little bit. And I knew I wasn't going to have the quick turnaround for the third round reversal, and I was going to have to wait. So I didn't want to predict it. So I was like, you know what? I'll just chop these two positions, and then I'll see what happens. You so that was, that was Kyle Pitts that you got there? Yep. Patrick Mahomes, so, Kyle Pitts to start it off. See, that was a name that I really didn't want to hear on this podcast. And, and, and here's why. Um, so, again, I had the 108. So, at 108, it was Dak. Uh, 205 was Cousins. And then we had the third-round reversal. 
which mm-hmm. in this case helped me. So I had the 305, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm I am literally three picks away, and I'm like, holy shit, Kyle Pitts is still here. I was like, let please, pretty please with sugar on top. Pretty, pretty, pretty please. Let me start this damn thing with Dak, Cousins, and Pitts. But also, uh, Joe Mixon was there, and I had just missed out on DeAndre Swift. So um, I, I, I set my, my three picks, and uh, guess who I didn't get, Jerry? You didn't get Kyle Pitts? I, I didn't, man. And I got, I got to tell you, I was, I was super bummed. Um, I don't have Kyle Pitts anywhere, not in redraft, not in dynasty, literally nowhere. So I, I took a leap of faith. I don't think that you win this thing without being aggressive, hyper-aggressive. And I know this is uh, going to be a strategy that honks some horns, but I went Javante Williams 103. Uh, I passed on uh, Devonte Adams was probably the biggest name there that I passed on. Probably Diggs, Diggs and Adams were uh, were two that uh, again other people in the, in the space were were higher on. But I took J- Javante Williams. Now, now who was your third pick? Uh, Saquon. I I had Delvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Swift queued up, and then Barkley was last, and I ended up with Barkley. Um, sort of that next range was Aaron Jones, which is probably somebody you take, but I just, I don't know. I wanted to give, give Saquon a little bit of love Javante actually. So we get to my next pick, which is the fourth pick. So I'm, I'm on the quick turnaround. So at this point I have a quarterback, a tight end and a running back, but the quarterbacks are thinning out and I do not want to get stuck with a rookie or, you know, some crumb bump. And I'm in the, it's like Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, sort of that window. And I was like, fuck, I have to take Matt Ryan right now because I do not want to deal with any of them later if I don't take one now. Because I am not a person that messes around with quarterback. I will always solidify that position. And I like Matt Ryan in Indy. I, I mean, the guy has completed over 60% of his passes in damn near every season he's ever played. So he's going to be a plus value player. So that was easy for me, but it was between him and Javante Williams. And I'm not a Javante guy, but uh, it, there was, like you said, sometimes you got to swing for the fences in this league. So I definitely wanted it. And Randy, that dude didn't go for like another 12 picks. And I was so pissed because I thought he was going to loop back around. Sometimes we just cannot have nice things though. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you, you you just have to work with the board um, the way that it come came to you um, at the. I, so I, I I believe in running backs. I, I know again the, the the new thing is is I was on the four hundred eight and I was debating stacking CD Lamb with Dak Prescott. He was on the board. Um, ultimately, I looked at elite running backs. This is a format that really favors first downs. And so I, I steered into the rookie Brees Hall, and I came back at the five hundred five with Zeke. Um, I know a lot, of, and it, for me, it was between I was, Zeke. What's I was, that? I was praying I could get Zeke. I mean, RB one every single year of his f- career, and, and he's he's going so late. I was hoping, and he ended up getting sniped two picks before me. Pissed me off. Yeah, I was between I was between uh, Zeke and Cam Akers. And I was trying not to hold the uh, playoff on a on a freshly mended 
Achilles against him. Uh, but if this was Dynasty, this is a no-brainer. It's Cam Akers all day, every day, and, 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 and 10 times in a draft. But, you know, I, I play it safe. You know, Zeke is still super involved. Uh, he was one of the highest-scoring running backs in this format last year. Um, I don't think that he's going to be quite as involved, but I think he's just going to be a touchdown, first-down monster, and that is really, really favored in, in this format. Um so I came back in the sixth round, and would you agree when I say this next statement that this is uh, super tight end heavy? Yeah, for sure. I, I was stunned when I had the choice between TJ Hawkinson and Dallas Goddard at the 608, Jerry. Why yeah, the hell was- is TJ Hawkinson? In- now, it made me feel a lot better about missing out on, uh, on Kyle yes. Pitts. Yeah, he went he went six eleven in mine, so he slipped in mine too. Yeah, um, and and Goddard went two picks later. He went at the six ten. Uh, I knew neither one of those guys were coming back, and I was like, you know, I don't want to be in the middle at a tight end, but Hawkinson was really on the way to having a huge year. I'm still a little concerned that there's a ton of extra target uh, competition in in Detroit this year, but I also have to appreciate the target competition will lighten the coverage up on, on a TJ Hawkinson. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown had a bit of a breakout in his absence. They brought in DJ Chark. They brought in Jamison Williams. Uh, DeAndre Swift hopefully stays healthy out of the backfield. And, you know, he he what he lacks in volume for a regular PPR or tight end premium league, I think he more than makes up for it in the ultra tight end premium that is the Scott Fishbowl, plus all the first downs and touchdowns that I think he uh, he could get. So, I went Hawkinson. Um, what about you? Give, give us your next couple. Uh, so we, we're through four. I've got Mahomes. I've got Matt Ryan. So I've got quarterbacks pretty well locked up for a while. I've got Kyle Pitts. I don't have to worry about a tight end. I've got Saquon, but I've got no wide receivers. And I've got an iffy running back that's been hurt a bunch. So I'm going to just fire those out for the next couple. Um, we get to wide receiver. I'm, I'm, and for the next pick, Ezekiel Elliott goes, and I'm like, well, I'll just take a wide receiver then because I didn't want to risk it with Brees Hall that early. So I went with Jalen Waddle, and then it loops back around. And I'm looking at all the rest of the wide receivers that are available, and they're just all scary. There's the Cortland Suttons and the Mike Williams and, like, Terry. Like, I like Terry. But my boy Hollywood Brown's sitting there. And we got DeAndre Hopkins. You just can't help yourself. No. DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for eight games. Kyler Murray is a good enough quarterback to pepper that dude with the ball. And you want to take risks? I mean, should be a good offense with a good young quarterback and an explosive wide receiver who's by himself. Yes, I'm going to take that opportunity. So through those first six, I had two quarterbacks in Mahomes and Ryan, Kyle Pitts, Saquon, uh, Jalen Waddle and Hollywood, and now I'm praying and hoping that I can stack some running backs in the next couple of rounds. And go ahead and write, round out the rest of your draft and then read it back for us real quick. We'll just read off your roster, maybe not necessarily by round, but just go ahead and then I'll do the same. So we get we get rolling, right? And I'm – Randy, I mean, I'm I'm ready to sacrifice my biggest ox so that I can hope that Josh Jacobs falls to me. Because we're, we're in the running back range that's just gross, where it's like you're hoping Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is there. And I was like, I don't want to have to rely on him as my two. I would love it to be Josh Jacobs. 
Luckily, everybody in the Des Moines division hated Josh Jacobs. So I scooped him up in the seventh round. We get back to the eighth round, and I'm hoping Chris Godwin's there. I want Chris Godwin. The only time I really, really, truly was heartbroken by somebody sniping me when at FAA blog sniped me the pick before, took Chris Godwin. And then I just took Kenneth Walker because I'm me. And I didn't want to rely on Amari Cooper. I didn't want to rely on Russell Gage or somebody. So I was like, you know what? This is my guy. So, Randy, so it, it, it sort of went in waves. I wanted to have a, a, a structured team. I didn't want to punt any position. I wanted to go even. So I had two quarterbacks. I had three running backs. I had some wide receivers. And then I just started throwing darts. A bunch of rookies, a bunch of tight ends. So to file it out, I went Patrick Mahomes and Matt Ryan are my quarterbacks. At tight end, I have Pitts. My running backs are Saquon, Josh Jacobs, Kenneth Walker, and then I just took Daryl Henderson in the 14th. And then my wide receivers are Waddle, Hollywood, and then all the rookies. Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, uh, Jamison Williams. All right. Well, I will break down mine. So where I left off. Oh, sorry. I forgot to add the other tight ends I have. I also have Mike Gusecki and Noah Fan. Everybody kept punting tight ends late, so I just kept scooping them. Oh, you know, I – this came to me late after – I left for the baseball tournament on Saturday and set my, my pre-draft because I didn't want to not make a pick because I, I just knew I'd be distracted all day. So um, I, I, I set a pick, and I don't even remember who it was. I'm going to – oh, um, it wasn't Chris Olave because I did get Chris Olave. spoiler alert. Um, it had to have been Chris Olave. So it was between, between Chris Olave and Mike Gusecki because he, he went in the round in between. And I debated and I debated and I debated. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I was like, the new offensive coordinator slash head coach of the Dolphins was the guy who was there when George Kittle broke out. And I've heard a lot of people. I was listening to a podcast today with former Bears coach Dave Wanstat, And they were kind of talking about, you know, Tua kind of has like that Jimmy G vibe. You know, going to get the ball, short area try to avoid mistakes, can make mistakes. And I could really see Gusecki basically being a big slot tight end for them. He's a huge mismatch. He's arguably the best athlete at the tight end position. You know, if you're going off combine metrics in the NFL, the dude's a freak. And now he's going to be lined up on what? Safeties? Linebackers? He's going to destroy them. Think about all the speed around Mike Gusecki with Waddle and Hill and Cedric Wilson's a good wide receiver three. And, and, and now how do you cover this monster? So I, I, I missed out. Gasecki was my big whiff. Um, but I knew I had to start getting some running backs. I just – I knew – I'm excuse me. I knew I had to start getting some wide receivers. But I want upside. I want total upside. And I know a lot of people are down on DK Metcalf, and I get that. But DK Metcalf at the 705 felt like a really good bargain. And people are gonna go, but 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 Memphis, what 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 a what about Geno Schmidt and and what about Drew Locke? What about him? I mean when Cortland Sutton, Sutton had his best career year where he had over eleven hundred yards and I think it was eight touchdowns in 2019. You know who the quarterbacks were? Joe Flacco. Not the good one, but the one that had been back and forth between the Jets and the 
and the Broncos. So it was some combination of Joe Flacco and Drew Locke. I'd like to think that there's some world where Geno Smith and Drew Locke can get DK Metcalf the ball. What does What's DK Metcalf's one move? Run really fast, straight down the field. Watch Drew Locke's one really good throw. Chuck it deep. This feels like a touchdown match made in heaven. So I went DK Metcalf. Uh, I like the value there. I already, spoiler alert, at the 808, I went Chris Alave. I think this is the guy who's just going to dominate targets with, I, I, as a rookie, this might almost be like a hot take where I'll do a tight end hot takes here in a minute. He, he could have um, like a Chris Godwin type season with Jameis. That huge year that Godwin had in 2019, I would not be stunned that even as a rookie, if Chris Olave just comes out and just kills people as a rookie in that offense, Mike Michael Thomas is alive, maybe, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, li- literally, um, Hunter Renfro, who I love, Amari Cooper, Amon Ra St. Brown went ahead of Chris Olave. Man, get the hell out of here. I thought uh, you were going to say you picked those players. I was about hell, to be stunned. Hell no. <laughs> That's why I was um, surprised. At, I was like, what the, the fuck? At the 905, <laughs> I, I got a little greedy. I got a, I got a little greedy. Um, not, a, not ashamed to admit it. I had been staring down DeAndre Hopkins all, all the, the, the draft. I'm like, he's only suspended for six games. He's not dead. He was doing PEDs, allegedly. And so I was like, I kept getting greedy. I kept, you know, you ever do that in a draft? One more round. One more round I'm going to get him because James Cook is staring me in the face. I I, I couldn't pass up James Cook. Again, uh, a lot of value in in PPR for the running backs here, first downs, not a whole lot of faith in Devin Singletary. So I was big. Um, Took Brandon Ayuk, kind of a reach. But if Debo gets traded, he's not signed. Uh, a contract extension. Well, where'd, you, where'd you take him? Who's that? Ayuk? Ayuk, yeah. Uh, the 1008. Oh, get out of here. That's not a reach. Um, and then the 1105. I, I went mean, Jacoby. I got Alan Lazard going in the 10th in my I, draft. I mean, uh, there's, there's some I went Jacoby problems. Myers Okay. At, at the 1105. And then I did the unthinkable. I did the unthinkable. Jerry, what position have they added in Scott Fishbowl that we typically do not use? You got Justin Tucker, huh? I went kicker because last year's kicker number one was, um, oh, my gosh. He was with the Patriots last year. Kind of a journeyman. I can't, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, but Jason, excuse me, Justin Tucker, because there are significant penalties for misses. But, man, Mr. Automatic, 50-yard. I mean, this guy in this scoring format. So this is what I love about MFL. You can go over to player stats. You can, you know, kind of pull what you you can pull just kickers. You can pull everybody. If you cue everybody out of all the scoring positions, Justin Tucker was the 65th highest scoring player, not kicker, not non QB player, period. 65th overall. And I got him at the 140th pick. So um, I'm going for points. Uh, and I'm, I'm going for value. Um, what do you think? So I'll read my lineup off to you. I'm, I'm kind of filibustering because I got to click. And, uh, you know, you can only, you, Jerry, you can only have so many windows open here on the old InstaWebs before uh, 
uh, before it's like, hey, look, get your shit together. Mm-hmm. But I, I went Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, the QB. My running backs are James Cook, Zeke, Brees Hall, Javante Williams, going young upside cool, uh, with, an old, with an old crusty veteran. Wide receivers, um, Ayuk, DK Metcalf, Jacoby Myers, Chris Olave. I think it's a ton of upside. It's and risky, but yeah. So, so I, I hate to, to do this because I'm very close. Um, a guy that I'm really looking at in the next couple of rounds based on ADP to fill out this roster is Mr. Marvin Jones. Really started to show some rapport with young Mr. Trevor Lawrence toward the back end of the season, and they brought in additional pieces around him and an offensive coordinator. Do you remember a slightly older outside X-ish wide receiver named Alshon Jeffrey? I do recall. A uh, a gunslinging young quarterback uh, named Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. And that offense was all put together by a guy named Doug Peterson. Indeed it was. So if this was a dynasty, not a lot of interest in Marvin Jones. But because it is the Scott Fishbowl and I went so RB heavy, uh, I am going to go um, – I am going to go – uh, Marvin Jones more than likely with my next pick. I think that'd be a value. Uh, give me some flexibility at the wide receiver position. It would really fill out this uh, this counter this counter wide receiver culture. What do you think, Jerry? Am I too young? Too much gambling? No, I mean there there's some gamble, but I mean I can't say I don't have it either. I have four rookies on my team. I mean, well, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, well and, the- and Jameson Williams is hurt. So I and Traylon Burks is apparently can't breathe when he plays. So, I mean, I I don't have room to talk. You swing for the fences in something like this, man. You go for the glory or you strike out. Well, um, I don't know. I learned I learned that when I was in youth baseball. See, if you had if you had Jerry youth baseball at thirty nine minutes, you probably just hit. Ten thousand to one. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that that that, that's like that was the the long shot of this of the century. So uh, our our contest winner is in the Mexico City division, mm-hmm. and let me let me read off his team. Uh, I'm not going to go to his draft because I don't know that I could even get it or have time. But he went Justin Fields, Matt Ryan at the QB position. Now I don't hate that, but this is no, this was one's one's one solid, one is swinging for it. And I told him like I'm looking Mitch Trubisky because he's way down in ADP. Now I have two safe guys. But I want the super upside, but not super stable guy on my on my team. A, it insulates me in case of injury, and B, if Mitch Trubisky's as good as people think he can be in Pittsburgh, do I want him on my bench or do I want him in the lineup across from me every single game? Yep. Um, from from talking to to Lawrence, it was, hey, you know, I've got these two. And I'm like, I love it. You got a safe one and a stable one. I was like, but you got a runner. I said, guys, I'd be looking to add to this group. You either want to go double risky upside, like a Zach Wilson, he said, was still on the board, or you want to go safe and stable. And potentially, you know, I think Mac Jones was still there. So so that that was the, the conversation. He also went James Cook. Now, he had the 101. He went Jonathan Taylor. Went straight to JT. He has JT and Najee Harris to anchor his running back position. And uh so he went JT and those were the quarterbacks he ended up with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He went I, JT cool 101 that. and wound up with Fields and 
And Ryan, I said, you know, I'm you're going to want something. Cool with that, you're going to want, but, 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 you know, what's the Billy Mays? I need to get that on the soundboard. But wait, there's more. Um, you know, he, he killed. I don't love the James Robinson pick there. Uh, I think I probably would have leaned someone else just because of the Achilles. Yeah. It's not ETN, yeah. it's not the offense, it's just a recovery time. But we'll see how that shakes out. But, but check out old boys' wide receiver room, okay? So you would think with quarterbacks like that, running backs like that, he'd probably be a bit in the poverty house, the poor house at wide receiver. But you, you know, Jerry, you know, he, he's not actually, he's not actually weak at a, at a wide receiver. It's actually, guess what, motherfucker? I love that drop. Stefan Diggs, okay. Terry McLaren, okay. Chris Olave. Oh, yeah, we cooking. Hunter Renfro, Devonta Smith. Now, um, I begrudgingly agree because I wanted Hunter Renfro myself. I, I don't know that if I didn't not want him to have Hunter Renfro because my feelings were hurt. And he did get Hunter Renfro. I know a lot of people are concerned about Hunter Renfro in seasonal leagues or even dynasty. Ship it this way. Send it to Fishers, Indiana. It's just north of Indianapolis, Indiana. Ship it. Ship it to me. Jerry, do, do you know who the new offensive coordinator slash head coach of the Raiders is? Who is it? Uh, it's Mr. Josh McDaniels. Have you heard of him? I have. He's going to be coaching in a division that's going to be super prone to shootouts with the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Chargers. Do now I'm not comparing Derek Carr to Tom Brady, but do you remember when Tom Brady had weapons that looked like Randy Moss, Gronk, even Aaron Hernandez? Oh, yeah, and there was a shifty white Caucasian wide receiver who absolutely crushed in PPR leagues named Wes Welker. So for anyone who's telling you out there in the fantasy and dynasty space that Hunter Renfro can't repeat and maybe he can't repeat his you know well i think it was our uh, wide receiver 15 season last year don't make me play the joe exotic drop again because i will guess what he's more than capable because josh mcdaniel as a play caller was more than capable so i was i was very happy for 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 uh for our winner but i was very dissatisfied inside because i had missed out on hunter hunter renfro and it hurt I'm not huge. So you would think, okay, so he got he got Najee, he got Matt Ryan, he got Jonathan Taylor, he got Diggs, he got McLaren, he got the upside of Alave, he got the, the PPR floor of, of of Hunter Renfro. He must suck at tight end, right? Yeah, we're not that you're leading me towards it's a no. I'm leading you toward more Joe Exotic. Guess what? He got Dalton Schultz. Okay. He got where Dalton did he, Schultz. Where did he take Dalton Schultz? Uh, Do you have it on there? Uh, I, I can oh and then and then he, he recently he went super early and, and 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 then he went uh, well that's because he was so popular on like the lead up shows mm -hmm. I, I mean I, I think he's absolutely crushed us I will try to figure out where he got Schultz I think it was the fourth round okay because he got Matt Ryan in the fifth so I'm thinking it was the fourth that he got Probably. Matt Ryan in in, in the fifth. So I think I think I, I, out of all the teams we've listed, I think I like his better than both of ours. I think that's fair. I'm I mean, mad at him. You know, because here's the thing. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I think retrospectively, I think me double tapping quarterback. Now you had to kind of go quarterback there, but you didn't. Because I think yeah. Matt Ryan. I think I think we had the the blinders on. Sometimes you hear the echo chamber of like a redraft or a fantasy show. I think you hear it so much. 
that it just becomes dogma and you have to follow it. And I think I fell for that. And if we look back at the end of the season and there's not that much difference between Matt Ryan and, and Derek Carr or Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins, are you going to be stunned? He's a super high I mean, completion guy, not yeah. taking a bunch of sacks guy, not going to mm-hmm. turn the ball. I mean, this is an offense that over the last two years that guys like Kirk Cousins and Phillip Rivers have done well in. You can say all you want about Carson Wentz last year. I think his TD to interception ratio was 27 to 7. You know, he just didn't find it when you really needed it. So I think he did great. I love the upside of fields with the rushing and the rushing for first downs. But I told him, I was like, I was like because you, but you got, I, like his next move, in my opinion, has got to be another QB because the fields flames out, which is definitely yeah. within the realm of, you know, um, I was like, I'd be, I'd be looking, you know, someone, you know, even Marcus Mariota, Davis Mills. I don't know. Um, that, that's kind of where that, but but I, I think he nailed it, Jerry. But that's Scott Fishbowl to date. I think I think he's further along than just about either one of us. Uh, yeah, we're starting we're starting to get into the uh, the the crumb bums in he's, my he's, draft. See, you know what? Can, can I give you a name that I'm absolutely champing at the bit for? Okay. Uh, especially given the format, Naheem Hines. I, I mean, I, I almost went him when I went Justin. When I uh, when I went uh, Justin Tucker, and I don't want to look back and kick myself because I'm so, uh, but but there are two guys that I absolutely have to, um, I absolutely have to get on my team, and that's Marvin Jones and Naheem Hines. I, I um, someone posted earlier on Twitter that that they wanted to know your sleepers, and I have two, and I'd like to get those two and Marvin Jones on this roster. Austin Hooper, Naheem Hines, and Marvin Jones. Those are three I, guys I'd love to have on this roster. I really wanted Marlon Mack on this team. And he, he ended up I, – I don't know exactly where he went, but I know I was – I kept looking. I kept, you know, kicking kicking the can down the road a little bit. And then eventually all of a sudden I, it, it was me, my turn and I was scrolling and I was looking and I couldn't find it. So he, he was one of the guys I wanted sort of in the later sections, but – well, all right, Jerry. Let's uh, let's get this over with. We've been we've been trying to duck it, dodge it, dip it, dive it. <laughs> it's it's dynasty hot takes on tight end. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the honors. Go first. I've only got two. It's okay. a tight end position for the love of Christ. I had I have one, and I could probably wing it for another one. But I think this is the year that Evan Ingram's gonna finish as a tight end one. I don't think he's gonna be good. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be one of those times where at the end of the year we're like, holy shit, Evan Ingram was tight end one. But I think he is in a good spot with Peterson, with with Trevor Lawrence. You know, I, I think this is going to be it. You know, At one point we were talking where he was potentially like tight end three overall a couple years ago, sort of like what Hawk was a couple years ago too. So, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about that nonsense, but I think. This Evan is hot Ingram, takes, Jerry. Get hot. And, I know it's the end of the show. Okay, We've done a lot I, of I'm in, I'm, I'm in the 14th round right now, and Evan Ingram is not is still available. And we're talking about an extremely tight end premium league in Scott Fishbowl hasn't even been sniffed. And he's probably not at the top of the ADP, I would guess. Uh, my mouse died. Otherwise, I would look. But, And I'm saying he's going to finish as a tight end one. Like how, how much do you want from me, man? A tight end one. So, 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 I mean, but but a tight end one. I mean, okay, 
top ten. I think he will finish top ten. And I will have I, a shit. I want, I, want top, I want top eight, Jerry. I want top eight. All right. Let me let me see what we got here. I think, come on, come on, I, Jerry. Might, I think I might give you top eight. Just looking at the tight ends that are here, because George Kittle's going to miss a couple games for sure. Dalton Short, Schultz is definitely not going to live up to his height. Uh, Goddard, I just don't love. That's crowded. I'll give you eight. I will right. give you tight end eight, Randy. Uh, okay, well, I, I'm, I, I drug it out of him. Write He's it gonna, down. Evan Ingram, you, you said write it down? Write it down. That's what you said. You said write. I just want to make sure. So I I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to miss it. Remember it. Write it down. Take a picture. I don't give a fuck. I just want to make sure I heard you just correctly. Talking, he, I just want to make sure. Well, so I, I I'm go, I'm going to this. I'm gonna keep mine short and sweet. If you've been on Twitter, you've seen mine. My my first one's Austin Hooper. And I am going to go bold and super spicy. Is this 2019? I am going Austin Hooper will repeat his tight end six finish this year at at the position. So so all all the usual suspects are there from 2019. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz, Mark Andrews, Austin Hooper. I know it's hot, but, but... so riddle me this, Batman. A, go to my timeline, search at DWZ Memphis space Austin space Hooper in your search function on Twitter, and you will find that I've been on this guy forever this year. Robert Woods, 30 years old, coming off of a Week 10 ACL tear. You've got Traylon Burks, who came, was on uh, the news feed today. He'll show up to camp in shape. Why is that news? Oh, because he's fat. There, I said it. He's fat and out of shape. You know what, Jerry? You know, you know who I didn't hear was coming into camp in shape? Austin Eckler, because he's always fucking in shape. That's why. Yeah, he is. He's if a you, what's the old saying? If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. All right. So you come in there smelling like pork and beans and a ham sandwich and, and, and an inhaler, because all of a sudden you developed asthma. So your, your best free agent acquisitions hurt. Your best rookie pick is uh, dealing with a medical condition. And you have a veteran tight end who's coming in here to do work. I've used this stat before, but last year, Ryan Tannehill threw 21 TDs, eight went to tight ends. I absolutely love Austin Hooper in this offense. I think he bounces back. He is super mega dirt cheap in tight end formats. Go get him if he stays healthy. He will not disappoint in this offense, Jerry. That's how you do a hot take. You want another one? It's not a I want, spicy I want another that was, one. That's and, a spicy one. This one is going to be a disappointing you, one, though. You can or cannot call a teammate of his fat if you'd like. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't think I can call any of these ones fat. Dawson Knox will and, not and by, by the, For the record, we're not body shaming. We're just no, relating no, no. this to 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 your job. You Listen, know, call, I, call I, him I, I wear I wear black shirts so you can't see the extra fluff. So I um, C- calling a, a a football wide receiver fat is like in the same way you would call like an official blind. You know, right. they're not really blind. We're just really yes. going out of the way to say they're not doing their job. Next, Dawson Knox is not going to finish in the top thirty of tight ends. He was extremely top thirty. Top 30. 
30. He's extremely touchdown dependent. Okay. He had, he had 500 yards. That's Just, just for the record, because I, I have the 2019 season pulled up, mm-hmm. Vance McDonald was the tight end 30. How, how many yards did Vance McDonald have? Um, Mr. McDonald, he had a farm, as well as 273 oh. Okay. Receiving yards maybe, and three maybe, touchdowns. Okay. That's, that's bad. That's bad. I, I'm, I just I don't. I, okay, I'm, that's bad. I'm gonna. You're, I'm you're gonna. Angry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have you put more. Dawson, spice Knox, in Dawson Knox will not finish in the top twenty. Then do you have the top twenty stats? That, that was Johnu Smith. Okay. Bingo. Probably. Perfect. Probably. Perfect. Probably. Right a ca- probably a career high four hundred thirty-nine <laughs> receiving yards. I, I, Dawson Knox had five hundred and thirty or something last year. So three it's not tutties. like he he did much better. The difference was he had nine touchdowns. So I I am just he's somebody that I bought a ton of and I have sold a ton of this offseason. I just I don't trust that situation at all. So I will say he will not finish in the top twenty. All right. Well I'm and gonna he, take and he's going at tight end he went tight end eleven in this draft. Uh, I will have to look to see if my next guy is still on the board in Scott Fishbowl. Um I'm not going to No, sir. Uh, I am going to throw out a caveat: is I am I am a post hype sleepering out of Adam Troutman. Um, I, I love Troutman and Alave in this offense. I I don't buy into Jarvis Landry. I don't buy into Michael Thomas. I think these are the guys that get it done. But my 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 boldest of bold takes, Jerry, for seasonal leagues, especially tight end premium, super tight end premium, Cameron Brait will be a tight end one. He will be the tight end 12. Tom Brady has a history of using multiple tight ends. All the tight ends, O.J. Howard, gone. Rob Gronkowski, gone. Rookie, um, they're going to start the season with no Chris Godwin. Uh, I just see an offense where Cameron Brake can still get that you know touchdown. He's going to get first downs. And in a format like Scott Fishbowl, 12, He's going to be a nice little producer. So if I were doing like our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty Warzone, they're doing a uh, Scott Fishbowl dynasty theme thing. Like if I wanted to take a super young guy, like a, like a trade McBride in Arizona, and I wanted to stack him with a veteran that I, I, I thought would do well. Maybe you want to go two young guys. If I was looking for like a one-year bridge guy that wouldn't cost me a lot that I could get super duper late, it would be Cameron Bray. Now, in a patron league, you're never going to get Austin Hooper cheap in a, in a Dynasty Warzone Patreon league. But another guy that I really think you can get cheap is Cameron Bray. I think he's going to have a nice season if he stays healthy. I know they brought in a rookie named Oton or Oton, O-T-T-O-N. Uh, I don't care until Tom Brady is G-O-N-E, until Tom Brady's gone. See what I did there? He uh, he. I, I went uh, dodgeball on you. And Tom Brady's not a big rookie guy. He's going to lean on Cameron Bray. He's going to want the veterans out there, and I'm going to want that vet, that veteran uh, upside. So give me Mr. Cameron Bray as a tight end at 12, Jerry. Now that's spicy. I went spicy on tight ends. You went. You you took the Harvard grad, Mr. Mr. Bray. Uh, maybe if Tom Brady this- does not like dumb people, and don't let no. Gronk don't, don't let the Gronk taste fool you. <laughs> that dude was very smart and very cagey and a great football player. I think that one is a little too spicy for my palate. You know, I like I like a little a little. Jerry, you wings. think mayonnaise is spicy though? <laughs> <laughs> that is that's fair, but 
That is that is something. Now, if you added up three years of Cameron Bray, I don't think he could finish as a tight end one. Well, Jerry, that's why they call them bold takes and sure. hot takes. And uh, we're going to hot takes ourselves out of here. But, uh, man, it's great to be behind the microphone with you again, talking shop. Uh, I'm going to be making a guest appearance. We'll talk about that here soon. I'll be doing that on Tuesday night with the guys over at uh, Toilets to Titles. And uh, Jerry um, will be doing a guest appearance soon. We'll make sure to plug that as well. But, uh, Jerry, what else is going on? Uh, the move, everything going good? Yeah, it's all good. Here's the thing that I wasn't ready for when I moved to Iowa, though, Randy. For one, they drink a lot of bush light. I didn't realize bush light was such a sought-after commodity, but Iowans love bush light. Also, it is so damn hot and humid in this state. What in the absolute hell? Nobody warned me that the plains were going to be 90 degrees with 80% humidity every single day. I'm a northern boy. I am not built for it. Well, what's what's like uh, your former home like right now? Isn't it like about the same? I mean, we get some 90s, but it's been 90 like every single day since we moved here. I mean, that's the way it is in Indiana right now. It's, oh, my it's, God. It's, it's, it's pretty it's, it's, How do you guys live in this? Uh, I, I will tell you, um, th- this weekend, it was like 100% humidity. Just, oh, like walk, just like walking, you were in a sweat mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it was for Australians. I I, I have so much more respect for the Australians now, knowing that they live where they live. Because, good God, not to mention they got giant bugs and everything else. And Neil, they got Neil down there. You can't Mm, trust him. I I, I do love me some uh, some Neil. Yeah, but yeah, swamp ass, (laughs) swamp ass ass deluxe here in uh, the good old state of Indiana. Well, listen, man. Uh, I want to thank you for getting back on the microphone with me and uh, I want to make sure to plug hate brand goods, uh, new drops every Thursday. Um, just got a new drop t-shirt myself. Uh, so I was going to get something for myself. I actually, I got to interrupt you about hate brand because I uh-huh. was at work. I was at work and this guy had the most floral shorts I have ever seen in my life. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, look at this guy. And he was a tank, mind you, this man. And his kid ended up breaking one of the arcade machines. Oh, well, they didn't break it, but it went down. So I had to fix it, and I saw that it was hate brand goods. And I was like, oh, that's Matt Vincent stuff. He's like, oh, I love him. But mind you, like, I'm not a meathead, so like, I didn't really know what to talk about. But I, I saw them in practice the other day. And let me tell you, Randy, they looked great. My man was, My man was feeling it. My man was confident. My man was flexing it. I mean, I, I, I mean, for those on YouTube, I mean, I mean, we can show a little leg, right? I mean, I, uh, I got, I still got to take a shower, but uh, yeah, 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 I'm trying to, uh, to get them up here on the old camera. There they are, <laughs> old, old floral, old floral. Um, I'm a big fan. I, I wear them. This is a, one of my OG pairs. Um, but yeah, Hate Brand Goods. You're, you're sponsoring a great guy. Uh, he recently rebranded his podcast, Not Dead Yet. Talking about people that have had major life-changing things, uh, a little bit more important than Dynasty Fantasy Football, not by a lot, but but a little. And uh, you can check out everything over at Hate Brand Goods. You can just go to your App Store, Google Play, iTunes, search HVIII, plug it in the old uh, the, the old uh, App Store, download it. You pick up anything. You use promo code Memphis, and that helps the show out. So uh, speaking about Jer- out Jerry, let's get out of here. Let's get out. 
We're going to get out of here. Um, remember to check us out everywhere on social media, including YouTube at Dynasty Warzone. Jerry, except TikTok. Because fuck TikTok. That's right, because fuck TikTok. And uh, on behalf of that man, he's at Jerry Sin DWZ. I'm at DWZ Memphis. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty goodness. But until then, we're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We're out of here. Bye, guys. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com, hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to thehate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak